Hello and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. My name is Lee Younger. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is a message I gave on Sunday morning, December 5th, 2021, from the Gospel of Luke in chapters 1 and 2. We are talking, thinking about over the next few weeks of this Advent season, Christmas ornaments, and not like the kind of ornaments that you hang on your tree or you put on your mantle, but like kind of the original meaning of the word ornaments, which is just kind of like a thing that goes along with another thing, like an accessory or equipment, kind of a, something for use or adornment. An ornament can be just, just something that you think of that goes with another thing. So uh, the Christmas ornaments we're looking at are like the trappings and the trinkets of that first Christmas, that most amazing of nights, to see what we can learn about who Jesus is and why he came. Last week, we talked about the swaddling clothes, and this week, we're going to talk about the stable. I'm going to start reading in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. We're going to look over at, at chapter 2 real quick. But before we do, uh, just to put a, a question to rest that gets asked way too much during the month of December in song form. Yes, Mary did in fact know. Okay? <laughs> she knew. Chill. Chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So, Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for these words. And for some of us, they're so familiar that the struggle is to approach them in a fresh way. And maybe for some of us, they are completely fresh, completely new. In any case, would you open our hearts to receive what you have for us? Thank you for coming for us. Thank you for coming the way you did. We can never fully understand it, but I pray that as we think about it again, that it'll be a blessing to us, and that it'll cause us to love you more today and this week. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
All right, so we're talking about the stable. And for those of you who are really sharp, you'll notice that the scripture we read did not say the word stable. It did not say the word shed. It did not say the word barn. It did not mention exactly where Jesus was born and what it was. And you're like, wait a minute. In every nativity set that I've ever seen, there's like something that looks like a roof and a barn and a shed or something. There's a thing. That's like, there was a place, there was a, we've always said that it was that, you know, whether your nativity set was like, you know, put together, carved out of wood or stone or, you know, molded out of chocolate or woven together in a tapestry. Um, I was in a house one time with, with uh, Nora and Anna and they were taking piano lessons. And um, while Anna was doing her lesson, Nora counted 19 nativity sets. And I was like, stop it, stop pointing at the nativity sets. But like, like some people have a lot, of, and, and every single one of the 19, there was a barn or a structure or a stable or something. But in the scriptures that we just read, it never says what it was. And you're like, so what is it? Recent scholarship, there's been these people, these Bible scholars that are like, you know, it never says there was a stable and it was probably just right there in the house with everybody else. I don't know why everybody is so unkind to Mary and Joseph's family. Okay, look, I am not an expert on, you know, first century Palestinian domestic, you know, architecture. And I think some of these words are hard to parse out. But what I want to do is take a few minutes to look at what we don't know and what we do know. Okay, we don't know that it was a barn. We don't know that it was a stable or a garage or whatever. Here's what we do know, just from the words we read. We know this. We know that all of their family was there because Mary and Joseph were both of the line of David and everybody had to go back to their ancestral home, which means that all the mamas and the daddies, the aunts and the uncles and the cousins and the first cousins, second removed, whatever the things are, the, uh, all of the grannies, grandfathers, everybody was there, okay? So that, we'll start with that. We know they were all there on both sides. Mary and Joseph's complete family were there. We know that there, wherever Jesus was born, there was an animal food trough. That's what a manger is, if you don't know. I was talking, Thomas was saying this week, he was like, the whole time I was growing up, I thought a manger was just like a bassinet because that's the only experience I had with one was like a manger is where you put a baby. It's like, no, you do not put a baby in this. They did because that's all they had. So we know the whole family's there and they're laying the baby in an animal food trough, okay? And most moms, not really where they want to put the baby, okay? What else do we know? We know that there was no room made for them. And everybody was there. Like, we don't know, like this word where it says, some of y'all's version says there's no room in the inn. It wasn't exactly, it's not a word that usually means like a hotel. It's the exact same word that's used at the end of the Gospel of Luke when Jesus sends his disciples into Jerusalem and says, talk to so-and-so and make sure there's a guest room for me to have the disciple with, or the, uh, the Passover with my disciples. It's that same word. It's just like, it's just the house. Like, make sure that there's room in the house. We know that all the family was there. We know the baby was laid down in an animal food trough. And we know that nobody made any room in the house. What else do we know? We didn't read this, but we know because it comes later. That the angels told the shepherds, this child has been born, okay? If you go into the city of David, you'll just find him. You'll just find him in, an, in a food trough laying there all wrapped up and laying in a food trough. So I'm telling you it was outside because the shepherds in the middle of the night are not gonna knock on somebody's house and be like, I'm sorry, do you have a baby asleep in here? Can we see it please? And the, the angel said, you'll just find him. 
You'll just be walking through the streets and you're like, oh, you don't see that every day. It's a baby in a food trough. See, it's a, this, this child was born outside. He was born on the ground. Almighty God becomes a human being and he's born on the ground because nobody would make room for him. And you're thinking, come on, Uncle Aaron. You know, come on, Cousin Reuben. Could y'all scooch over? She's having a baby. Nobody would do it. Nobody would do it because they had rejected Mary and Joseph. They were like, no, y'all aren't coming up in this house. Oh, I'm sorry, an angel came to you? Oh, you're having a baby that's, oh, the son of God? Yeah, you've never had sex? Come on, guys. No, do not bring that stuff up in this house. Y'all just go figure it out. That's what happened on that first night. I remember when we were, when Christy was pregnant with Nora, we, we had, um, she had her at, at Fort Sanders and we got to go like tour the birthing ward with our, with our like midwife and our doula. And they were like, these are all the things. You, these are all the ways that we're gonna support you and your birth plan and the whole thing. And when the son of God was born, he was born on the ground because he was rejected. Before he ever came into this world, what happened to him? He was rejected. And he was rejected on the, behalf, on the behalf of somebody else's rejection because they had already rejected Mary and Joseph. That's the very first thing that happened to him. Rejection. No, do not bring that up in this house. Real quick, and I need your help on this, so don't stay quiet. Even though that's what, you know... You, you may want to do in church. That's all right. Here we go. Answer actual with actual sound. How many of you have remembered, have felt specific times in your life where you have felt rejected? Anybody been through that? Yes, yes or no, the feeling of being rejected is about one of the worst things that human beings feel. Yes. When you feel rejected, the thing you felt was they wanted them, they didn't want me. You guys feel that thing? It's a sting, right? It's a pain. It's a deep pain that says there's something about me that somebody doesn't want. <laughs> to be rejected is one of the worst things that we experience. It's one of the things that parents, we wish we could shield our kids from. It's the thing that friends wish we could shield our friends from. And we can't always do it. And when they experience rejection, you see that look on their face. You feel the pain with them. Before Jesus was even born in this world, he was rejected. Hebrews chapter 2 says that Jesus, when it's talking about Jesus, uh, it says that he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every way so that he might be a, a merciful and faithful high priest. What that means is that Jesus was going to do certain things on our behalf between God and us. And in order to have our back so completely, he had to experience everything that we experience so that he really, really could have our back. And so he was rejected. And isn't it sweet to know that in the, one of the most painful things you've ever felt, that Jesus knows how it feels, isn't that a sweet thing to know? But it's not just that Jesus was rejected when he was born. Jesus' whole life was marked with rejection. He was rejected from the time he came into this world to the time he left this world. And it was always going to be this way. We talked last week about how the whole Old Testament is filled with prophecies, little glimpses and promises, little breadcrumbs and clues about what the Messiah would be like when he comes. 
And there's a place in the prophecy of Isaiah in chapter 53 where Isaiah says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with suffering. He had no beauty or majesty that we would be attracted to him. There was nothing about his appearance that we would desire him. He was like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. And when you think about the life of Jesus, it's over and over and over again. The Gospel of John doesn't talk much about the first Christmas. He, he talks about God the Son becoming a human being. And when he does it, he says this. He came to that which was his own, and his own received him not. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus said about himself, he said, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. When he came into the world, they said, go out in the yard and figure it out. Most likely, the, what we think of as the stable was like a ground-level garage where you would park animals or just on the side of the building, maybe a little roof off the side of it, and that's where she had this baby. His own received him not. There was no room for him in the inn. And when God Almighty became one of us, he had no place to lay his head, homeless. He said about himself in Mark chapter 12, quoting Psalm 118, the stone the builders rejected is going to become the cornerstone. Amen. Just wait. In Mark chapter 3, one of the weirdest things in all the Bible, his own mom rejected him. It's really weird. Mark chapter 3, she shows up to where Jesus is teaching with a couple of Jesus' half-brothers. And it says that their intent was to arrest him because they said he had lost his mind. In John chapter 7, Jesus' brothers are making fun of him. They're like, go on down to the festival. Look, anybody that wants to be a public figure doesn't do so in secret. Go on down there if you want to get all these followers and stuff. And it said, because even his own brothers did not believe in him. His own family rejected him. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is telling his disciples for the first time that he's, going to be, um, that he's going to be arrested and that he's going to go to the cross. And the way he says it is, he said, we're going to go to Jerusalem where I'm going to be betrayed, rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law. Rejected. Rejected by his family, rejected by his elders. They talked about him behind his back. They said he was demon-possessed. They one time tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried to throw stones at him, and he disappeared through a crowd. His whole life was marked with rejection. There's a place in Matthew chapter 27 at the very end when the Roman governor Pilate puts Jesus up on the stand in front of everybody in the capital city, and he says, I just want you guys to know that I have interviewed him, and I have interrogated him, and I cannot find anything that he has done wrong. He is completely innocent. So here's what I'm going to do. Every year, I release a prisoner to you guys. So I'm going to make this real easy. Do you want me to release to you Jesus, who has not done anything wrong? Or do you want me to release to you this dude, Barabbas, who we all know is a notorious murdering terrorist, which he was, by the way. And the whole crowd said, give us Barabbas. And Pilate's like, oh, what do you want me to do with Jesus? And in one voice, a huge crowd of people said, crucify him. His whole life, before he was born, rejected, bearing someone else's rejection, born on the ground. And then throughout his whole life, rejected, rejected by the elders, rejected by the people, rejected by his own family. 
until all of that rejection led to the deepest forsaking. When just a few hours after they chose Barabbas over Jesus, they nailed him to the cross. And taking our place, the whole earth went dark. In the middle of the day, at noon, the sun just went out. And Jesus cried out in Matthew chapter 27, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And no answer came. Jesus' whole life, by the way, he had called God Father. All throughout the Gospels, he's always calling God Father. He always did. And he always said things like, Father, I love that you always hear me. I love that you always love to hear me. Every now and then, God would speak up and he would say, this is my beloved son. I love watching this dude's life. I love it. I love when he shows up. I love watching him. I love talking to him. I just love it. He always called him father, except in this moment when he called him, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And no answer came. Rejected his whole life, leading up to this moment, the final and deepest forsaking. And the reason is, and this is crazy, because he was taking our place. He actually came here to be rejected, to take our place. And here's why. So that the father, the father that always loved to see Jesus coming and always loved to talk to him became the God who was silent and didn't answer. So that anybody, and this is good news, y'all, so that anybody that turns to Jesus and believes in him gets to have a God who becomes a father who always loves to see you coming, who always loves to hear your voice, who always loves it when you turn your attention to him. Even if you don't have any perception of him paying attention, he absolutely loves it and he'll never reject you. Guys, that's good news. I'm going to say it again. Okay. And next, this time let's all get on board because this is some extremely good news. Jesus was rejected his whole life up to the deepest forsaking to take our place so that if you call on Jesus, you'll never be rejected by God. You'll always be accepted. And the question is, what do I do with news that good? I think the only response that makes sense is to return the favor. If, if he would take our rejection upon himself so that we can have an, a complete and total acceptance and we'll never be rejected again, if he'll always make space for us, always happy to see us coming, always happy to hang out with us, I think we should return the favor. And that takes me back to the very first thing we read. In Luke chapter one, and I was thinking about that moment this week, all week, of like, I don't know if Mary was doing laundry or dishes or what. And all of a sudden an angel shows up and he's like, hey, and she's like, whoa. I saw this thing this week where somebody had done a drawing of like, <laughs> it was like a drawing of the way angels are actually described in the Bible. And it was this drawing of like this crazy creature of like wheels covered in eyes on fire with three sets of wings. And it was like, and then the, the, you know, it was one of these memes. So there's words all over. And it was like, why is everybody always freaking out when we show up? You know, it's like, <laughs> you're on fire. There's lots of eyes and wings, you know? And so like, if she's just doing dishes or whatever, and this thing shows up and says, hey, God has a plan. It involves you. And it's going to be weird, but hey, the Messiah's coming. That sounds great so far. Okay. So the way the plan works is the Messiah, uh, he has to come, but like through you, okay? Like inside you. Oh, like you're going to give birth to him. And she's like, time out. I've never had sex before. And he's like, I know it's going to be a miracle, baby. Don't worry about the ins and outs of that. But I'm telling you, it's going to be this amazing thing. And it's, he's going to start small and then he's going to grow. 
And then in the most amazing moment ever, this very normal girl from a very normal little town, you know, it says in our Bible her name was Mary. In Hebrew, it's the name Miriam. And, and there's a lot of people in the New Testament named Miriam because it was a very normal name because she was just a normal girl from a normal town. And in that moment, this very normal girl from this very normal town says, I'll do it. The one who was born to be rejected first was accepted. And she said, I'll make room for him. And she did. And so two cells become four, become eight. And he started out small, imperceptible. You say yes to Jesus and he starts out small in your life, imperceptible, and he started to grow. And then all of a sudden she started to get sick, you know, and then all of a sudden her clothes start to fit a little different. All of a sudden she needs new clothes. All of a sudden she's wanting to eat things she's never wanted to eat before. The whole sleep thing is screwed up. She's got, you know, heartburn. One time, this is so weird, and I didn't get permission to say this, so I hope it's okay. But like, one time, like when, when Christy got pregnant with Nora, some of you were here, her curly hair uncurled. Like, her hair just became wavy for that whole, like, until we had Jack. And then it was like, broom, curly again. Like, weird stuff happens. You like, a baby comes into your body and then like everything changes, like everything you eat changes and every, the way you sleep changes and all your clothes fit different and you know, every, everything changes. And this thing that starts small gets bigger and starts to take over your whole world and then changes everything. And I think the way that we return the favor is we say, I'll be someone who makes room for Jesus. And you can come in and start small and then you can grow. And then you can start to change stuff. Change the way I see things. Change the way I think about things. Change the way I respond to people. Change the way I see people. What if we were the people who just decided this week, like little Miriam, I'm gonna make room for Jesus. In a world that rejects him, the one who came to be rejected, he's not gonna be rejected by me. Not this week. I'm going to let him in and he's going to start small and then he's going to start to take over. And I'm going to let him into my conversations and I'm going to let him into my choices and I'm going to invite him into decisions I make about how I spend my money and who I hang out with and who I listen to on the radio and the television, who I let influence me. I'm just going to invite him into more and more and more of my life. I was thinking this week, what if, what if somebody had believed Mary? Can you imagine if Mary had been talking to one of her friends and she was like, so I need to tell somebody because this is crazy, but I'm pregnant. And one of her friends is like, what? And she's like, I know, but this is crazier. Me and Joseph haven't even done it yet. And it's like, honey, that's not the way that works. And she's like, I know, but this is a miracle baby. And there was an angel from God. And the angel said he's the Messiah of God, like the son of God, like the one we've been waiting on, the Christ. And what if her friend had been like, I believe you. And then what if she had told one of her friends who believed her? And then what if she had told her mom and her mom believed her? And then what if she convinced Mary's mom to believe her? And then what if the whole little town said, we, he's coming? What if everybody had decided, let's get on board with this thing? And then what if it spread out of Nazareth, throughout Galilee, and down to Jerusalem? And what if they had invited her into the palace of the king to have that baby? And it's not the way it went down, but we can be those people. Amen? We can make room for him this week. Invite him in to your conversations. Invite him into your decisions. Invite him into your choices. Invite him into your moments. Make room for him. 
Let him start small and let him grow. Let him change the way you see everything. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this morning and for the chance to think about you coming again. And when I think about you um, being rejected, it's heartbreaking. And the only way that I can really respond to it is to say, that's not going to be me this week. I'm going to make room and I'm going to invite you in. I'm going to invite you into my heart and I'm going to invite you into my moments and I'm going to invite you to start small and to grow and to change the way I feel and to change the way I see things, to change the way I respond. Lord Jesus, give us a week this week where we're making room for you and where we feel not only are we accepting you, but we feel your acceptance of us. We love you and thank you. It's in your name we pray. Oh, King of heaven, Prince of Precious Son